Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Today is Thursday, March 10th. Just got back, actually, from uh, the bike store. Picked up a bike because um, gas is going up, and I, I, I saw... I went to the garage... Uh, earlier this week, and I was like, you know what, maybe I should get back into biking, maybe I can bike to the store, I can bike and go get McDonald's, or Taco Bell, or Sonic, or maybe I'll bike all the way to the movies, because gas is atrociously expensive right now, but you know, when duty calls, you gotta uh, learn and adapt, right, isn't that what they say? Before I went to go actually buy the bike, because uh, you know, I can't afford gas at all, in California, um, I went to see my, uh, you know, if I had a bike in the garage, that's worth my time and or worth, you know, if I'm able to, you know, actually ride it at my advanced age and uh, new new weight since I bought that bike. I And I realized that bike seats are actually one of the worst things you can possibly ever sit on. Um, especially, you know, if it's a mountain bike or an athletic type of bike where they're like, nah, you shouldn't be sitting on this. You got to be standing up and pedaling, you fat POS. Enough of the sitting. Just because you're on a bike doesn't mean you get to sit and relax all day. No, we're going to make the seat so painful on your butt cheeks that you have to stand and pedal in order to get from place to place. And by the way, did they mention, did they not tell you that pedaling while you're standing up is also even harder than when you're sitting down? No, they don't explain that that much. It just kind of, you know, it comes with the purchase. Unless you got a bike that can shift gears and you can go from first all the way to, like, what, 10th gear, you know, whatever they have, which I do have, but, you know, unfortunately... Uh, the old bike that I had, you know, it, the gears, the transmission on the bike does just not, you know, it isn't, isn't working. I don't know if it's leaking fluid or what's happening, but it's just, it's shot. So the transmission, the gear shifter on the bike is no longer in use. Therefore, I get a lot of, you know, parts when I'm, you know, trying to go up a hill or trying to, you know, to have a nice ride and the bike will just uh, clank and I'll be, you know, shocked for a couple seconds and be like, whoa, 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 am I okay? But besides that, the bike is good. So, you know, I think uh, we all should probably, you know, wake up and smell the roses and uh, and, and pony up and get a bike. Because, uh, I mean, what else can we possibly do? Gas is going up. Uh, I unfortunately do not have a Tesla or any electric vehicle. So... Um, I don't want to have to spend over 120 bucks at the gas station uh, to fill up my car, which is a small sedan, which with a with, with even a small tank of gas. Um, you know, it would be better for us as a country to actually maybe just adopt bikes. You know, we have a problem of with a uh, you know diabetes and heart disease. That what actually bikes might actually help our you know overall health. And overall state of, uh, uh, you know, I guess, uh, well-being. You know, that could be a good possibility. Um, but yeah, uh, it's time to get a bike, boys. It's time for bikes. And if not a bike, you can get a scooter. I also have a scooter. It's a Razor scooter. And it's a, it's a jumbo sized. It's not for kids. It's for adults like me, myself. It can carry my weight. I've tested it many a times. When I was in college, I used to scooter my way all around campus because I would, you know, decide to have classes 
so close to one another that I would need something other than my two feet and not to be uh, and not just to be sprinting across the campus like an idiot that I am for scheduling that schedule. And, you know, I wanted to look cool doing it, so I got this scooter. Now, I would have gotten a skateboard, but I'm padly coordinated, and I just, I can't skateboard worth a damn. So, scooter was just my best bet. So, I could use that, too. Scooter, bike, skateboard, um, electric scooter, you know, whatever you got. Hoverboard, maybe the hoverboard will make a comeback, people. Maybe with the rise in gas, and they want you to go electric. Well, what about an electric hoverboard or a Segway? Uh, we can transition to that. Maybe we should just outlaw the gasoline car right now. Um, seems like it's just not even... It's gonna Having a car is going to make you even poorer than you thought it would. You know, with all the payments you got to make, you got to... If you haven't bought the car, you got to pay it off, and then the insurance, and then maintenance, and all that garbage, you know, and gasoline, and oil changes, and filters, and shifters, and pistons, and shit like that, that all come with a car. It's like, well, you know what? Why don't I just get a bike, or a hoverboard, or a scooter, and just, you know, deal with that? But, you know, since we live in California, every work place or every major city is so spread out and is so you know not like back in the east coast now i'm not saying that there's a you know a better coast but i'm just saying that the businesses over there are usually more close together whereas here in california everything is so spread out you know it almost kind of defeats the purpose of um uh of um having these smaller um forms of transportation like a hoverboard or a bike or a scooter or a skateboard but you know i i'm already going to um pick up a bike i haven't bought it yet actually uh, i'm thinking about getting a uh the new ferrari bike it's uh it's red it's um uh, it's got a, a great design um made by uh made in italy shipped out here it's gonna be awesome it's gonna it's gonna blow your mind it's it's definitely not electric so ha huh, take that elon musk it's all powered by man me my legs and whatever i have to eat that day you know it all depends am i gonna be putting in some you know high quality food to power my bike or i'm gonna be running on you know um poor um chips and and and, and m&ms is, is my bike gonna be running on off of that type of food, or in this case, fuel, not sure. Depends on what I'm feeling that day. I mean, if I had a salad, you know, and a protein bar, and maybe a, a, lot, a lot of water, maybe a little bit of Gatorade, or an energy drink, or something like that, or, or some, some good-ass food, then I'm going to be running pretty well that day. And if not, it's just going to be, well, I would pray for hills that I can just coast on. Uh, you also got to make sure you get your brakes checked, make sure the, the, the bike is, 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 um, is good enough for the roads out there. Make sure not being, uh, causing any trouble. We wouldn't want that. We don't want the police to pull you over for not having a registered bike on the streets. That'd be terrible. Um, but yeah, we live in the new, in the new world, bike world. Um, we better have, uh, a, uh, um, a high speed rail, for bikes put into every city because this is the new world. This is the new world of transportation. Cars are going to become obsolete soon because there isn't enough electric vehicles out there or power stations to fuel those electric vehicles because gas is going up so high. Um, 
we better start making high-speed bike rails and more bike bike parking. You know, no more of this car shit. It's over, people. We have to move back to bikes. Not move forward to bikes, but move back to bikes. And maybe even if you want to be, you know, a little flashy, maybe a unicycle. You can unicycle to work. You know, that could be cool, too. Um, moving, but, you, you know, I just, you, you know, kids are going to be on, what, tricycles? Is that what they drive? A big wheel? I remember I had that when I was a kid. It's just, you know, it's it's um, not a great time to, 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 to uh, be paying for gas. I mean, I haven't seen the actual prices around the country, but I would assume if it's anything like it is in California, it's pretty high. I mean, higher than you would, you've, you know, than it's been in your state for a while. I think here, like maybe yesterday or a couple of days ago, I saw that it was like 5.30 something. That might have been already adjusted to the time of this airing. So that's not good. I mean, it's not great. Um, but, you know, it's just because of stuff going on in the world that we really don't really have much idea how it's going to get resolved or anything like that. I know this is not a, a political podcast in no shape or form, but I, you know, I think that we can all kind of agree that this is a, this is a bit effed up, a bit, uh, this is a not a good situation. This is not a good thing to, for the working class common people to be, uh, you know, having to deal with like, oh shoot, should I buy a bike? <laughs> Maybe I should find a bus or something. Maybe I should, uh, you know, if you, obviously, if you're like, oh, well, I can't just drop money now to go get a Tesla or an Audi electric vehicle or so, or a Cybertruck or something like that, you know, you need, kind of need something, a solution, like, here and now. So, I mean, I feel your pain. I, I do. It's it's uh, not a good situation, not a good thing. Not fun either. I mean, summer's coming up. You're going to want to go to the mountains, to the beach, to the amusement parks, to the park, uh, to Chuck E. Cheese maybe, and have a good time. John's Incredible Pizza. Um, and do fun stuff. Go to the lake, go to the river, whatever you do. I mean, how are you going to tow your boat with a bike? It's not going to be really possible, I think. You need, like, maybe 30 people to hitch that boat all the way to, I don't know, lake, whatever you're by, to go on the lake and have fun. And then you got to fill up that boat with what? You can't just, you know, I don't know, use corn. you got to use fuel. And, or if it's electric, which I don't even know if those are a thing yet. So, I mean, electric boats, I mean, I would assume, like, um, maybe there's a couple in the world that are electric, but I think I would assume that most boat boats today, whether that be, like, a yacht or even, like, a small boat, would use a f type of gasoline, which I don't see getting, you know, dropping the prices anytime soon. So, good luck, all you vacation vacationers that are not going to be denied of your fun to hopefully power your boat with a uh, the whatever gas that is available on Earth when summer approaches, and I hope that you can you know find a way to get your your vessel to the boat or to the to the water source that you want to be if it's not already dry, dried up because of a drought apparently um, or lack of water because we no longer get water from overseas. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Again, I hope that never happens. I hope gas does go down. But, you know, we can poke and laugh a little bit about that because what else can we do? We can't just sit here and say, we want gas cheap again. That's not how it works. It's just there's got to be other things that factor into that. And unfortunately, I'm too stupid enough to look into it and to see what actually would work and what wouldn't work. So my suggestion is get a bike. 
And um, I guess quit your job if you live too far, because if you live too far, you can't buy gas. I mean, I mean, you might as well have to quit. Um, maybe work from home. Hey, this is another way you can work from home. Just a different scenario why you have to work from home. So, you know, it all circles back. History repeats itself in one way, shape, or form. Um, so, yeah, it's not looking good. But um, we'll see. We can only hope that it, with time it'll get better. You know, maybe we, 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 you know, stuff. Maybe we'll find a stockpile of oil somewhere in the coast, you know, already um, dug up and just kind of laying there. Who knows? It might happen. It might not. I would bet that it wouldn't, but we can still hope. Hope does is not a good strategy. I agree that it is not something that you should use. But God damn it. In this world, it feels like all we can do is hope. Hope for, you know, things to end, things to begin a new era, but mainly if they're bad times, we would want them to end. Like another thing that I think that should end is um, something that I actually thought, you know, wasn't continuing for very much longer. But actually, it, it kind of is, and I'm actually kind of disappointed in it. And it's The Walking Dead. Now, I believe that The Walking Dead on AMC is still going to this day. Like, they had, like, these multiple, you know, I think they're on the final season, but it's, like, the part two of three of the final season. I don't necessarily know what that means. It's, like, is, is it just one big episode, or is it, like, a series of episodes to be that that part two or part one that they've already shown? And then, obviously, like, Part three of three would be the end of The Walking Dead. But, you know, that's something I, I guess people love The Walking Dead or something because they decided to make another show called Maggie and Negan or Maggie Negan in with more zombies, you know, but this time they're not in a they're in a different location. They're in New York City fighting zombies. And I just can't help but think that how has this continued for so long, and with with spinoffs, like, I, first of all, I think that this might be, like, their fifth spinoff or something like that. Like, it's definitely not their second, because I remember their second was was Fear of the Walking Dead. And that came out back in, I would say, like, maybe, shoot, maybe 2016, 2015. You know, I'm just going to give a quick search uh, of The Walking Dead, just to see how many... Uh, uh, spin-offs or shows that they have that you can look up. So Walking Dead came out in 2010. All right, the TV series Walking Dead video game came out in 2012. All right, already too much Walking Dead for my for my interest. I'm not a big fan of zombies, so I'm like get that shit out of here. Um well, let's just look at it. It's not done yet. It's 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 it says it's completing in 2022. I would assume um, you know, I don't even recognize some of these faces. I recognize Daryl, played by Norman Reedus. Carol, Maggie's in it. I, I, I see Negan. I, listen, I thought that these people died. I thought they died a long time ago. Apparently not. Apparently they keep surviving this world where so many people perish and die, but not these ones. Mm-mm, not these people. They, they, they've, they've dug deep. They've put their mind to it. And they're not done. Like, I haven't seen the like the, the guy who plays Rick Grimes, right? Andrew Lincoln. I haven't seen that guy in anything for a while. 
Like, is he still in the show? I've heard like he's not even there because they have to find him or something. But it says that he's he's stopped filming in 2021 on this show. But I I just I don't know if that's true or not. Just just because there's a lot of shit within these shows that that happens, a lot of characters, a lot of arcs that I've completely lost. I'm not even sure what's happening now. And it's not to seem like a hater. Like I don't like I don't hate the show. I used to be a fan of the show. I I watched season one, two, and after three, I was like, I'm done. Goodbye. I don't need any more Walking Dead. I'm good. Not because somebody died. I was just like, is this all it's going to be? Is this just going to be about zombies and people fighting about territories and their own, you know, little, um, what is it called? Uh, uh, Little governments or their communities and fighting about that. Like, I would figure, like, after all these seasons and after all these spinoff shows, wouldn't all the zombies be dead by now? If you think about it, like, there are so many people that they meet and so many zombies that they absolutely, you know, kill that how would it not be completed yet? You know, it's been 177 episodes so far, or that that are at least on IMDb. But it's just like they keep coming, and they've introduced again. They've introduced this or announced this new series coming out. Like I remember back when there was, you know, Rick Grimes, his wife, and then you had Shane, played by John Bernthal, who was amazing in in in, in season two, and then you had Stephen Yen as Glenn, and then when he died, and I didn't even watch when he died. I just heard that he died. And I was like, well, they're going to lose so many more people now because he died. And he was on the show from 2010 to 2020. For 10 years, he was on that show. Granted, probably his his biggest role of all time. Like, like huge role. Huge, huge, huge. And then you have, listen, Fear of the Walking Dead. I mean, there's got to be more, right? There's got to be more to that. Um, and then Maggie Negan, which is another thing. Is Fear of the Walking Dead still going? Let me check that out. I'm not sure if it is. Yeah, it is. 2015 to no end date. What if I Google um, Walking Dead spinoff? What do we get with that? Okay. And also, there's going to be movies, too. Movies with Rick Grimes in it. So he's... I remember hearing that, like, around in, like, 2020, that that was still being planned out. And that was going to happen. It's going to be Rick Grimes' Walking Dead movies. And I was just thinking, like, who's going to watch that? But apparently they've been going on for so long that they just keep making Walking Dead stuff. And I was always thinking, like, dude, Walking Dead was so, like, depressing at some points. Like, it was cool, but it was, like, a lot of betrayals and killings and murders and gruesome violence and I was like oh my goodness I don't know if I can keep taking this I mean it's just so much so yeah you I I just fear the walking dead the walking dead is this legit is this world beyond thing is that real I don't I have no idea um the walking dead cold storage is is that real now it's it looks like it's fake as shit the walking dead torn apart this is all like just a bunch of fan shit that people made, I think. Or maybe not even, like, big-budget shit. So I might be wrong there. So Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and then Negan and Maggie. 
is another show, Negan and Maggie. You can't wait to see Negan and Maggie? I, sh- I certainly don't care and don't even, don't give a shit. Um, to me, The Walking Dead died after 2013. It was over, dead, kaput. Maybe even 2012, not sure. Back then, that was such such watchable TV. And I remember my brother was like, there's like a few seasons. And he, I was like, wait a minute, a few seasons that are just dog shit. I believe he said a couple seasons are dog shit. And then the most recent one, or maybe second most recent one, got better. And I'm like, wait, so you want me to drag my soul through the mud of, well, not you don't want me to, but if I wanted to get to the good shit, I would have to drag myself through the mud of these awful seasons to get good again. It just seems like it's such a big waste of time, and I'm just not going to do it. I think that, first of all, no, I, there, there's no way the audience of The Walking Dead is anywhere near as big as it used to be. Because every literally everybody back in 2010 to 2013 or 14, everybody was watching that shit. Everybody I knew, my friends, some of my family members were watching it. People that I met were watching it. So many people were watching that show. I just can't think that now anybody would have the same inkling of interest as you would have back then. Truly, I don't believe that. Um, But hey, if it keeps making money, make it. I don't give a shit. Just make it. Maybe you'll actually stumble across a new audience, a new breed of audience. Maybe you make it so different and 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 not what it used to be and just kind of make it, you know, something new that you find a new audience. Maybe you stick to movies. Maybe after the series are done, you just make, you know, movies like that you were with uh, Rick Grimes and see where that takes you. I don't know. That could that's an idea, but I want I want credit on that. Not that I'm going to get it, but which, which you know, is BS because I believe that they've already said that they were going to make movies before I said that. So, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, yeah, but I could use less Walking Dead. I think that's kind of what made me not, like, dislike zombies after a while. is a combination of Call of Duty, zombies, other zombie movies that I saw during that era of entertainment. And then The Walking Dead just being, it's just being such a... Just a bash over the head of zombie, zombie, zombie. I'm like, oh goodness. Like, there. Don't get me wrong. Some of those arcs and storylines and Walking Dead, with characters, not even with the really about zombies, were really, really good, and they were really captivating. And like, I just remember those early days with Rick and Shane, and his son Coral, and uh, T Dog, Glenn. Um, who was the old guy? Back when we had uh, young Norman Reedus as Daryl, Carol, Maggie when she first showed up, um, Herschel. Uh, who was the main? Wasn't Glenn? What was his the the old guy with the RV? What was his name? I do not remember that guy's name, but he was a good character, and I was so sad that he actually died because he was a fun character. He was, you know, he was kind of like a little bit of a. Um, a mentor to certain characters, and like, you know, everything's gonna be all right, and just you know, be okay. Michonne, she was a cool addition. Um, yeah, I'm blanking on his name, and I can't find it in this cast list. Maybe if I expand it, because again, it's been going on for like 12 years now, so you're gonna get so many people <laughs> that that have been involved 
that you're going to forget that we're even in the show. Come on, let me see. What was his name? Give it to me. Give it to me quick. Um, wasn't Scott. Yeah, the chick who played Susie Crabgrass in the show, too. What was her name? She was in Nancy Classified. Her name is Kristen Serratos. She played Rosita Espinoza. Yeah, I didn't even see any of her episodes. Wait, no, I saw a couple because it ended. She debuted in 2012, so I saw some of hers. Then they had Chris from Everybody Hates Chris in it. That was sick too. That was cool. That was a great addition. I thought, even though I didn't really see all that much, but I was like, hey, this guy is in something else. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I can't find it, but it, just enough of The Walking Dead. I think it needs to end. I don't know a single person that watches that show like weekly. Don't know a single person. Um, moving on. Finally, after so many years of development, rumors, going to be a movie, a show, it's going to be this many episodes, now it's going to be this many episodes, or actually it's going to be this many episodes, we finally get the trailer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series on Disney+. Plus. It's been a long time coming. One of the, the most anticipated Star Wars projects probably since episode 7. Like I would say like the most anticipated, the most hyped because even though you even if you didn't care for the prequels back then and even really now you, I think we could all agree that, that Ewan McGregor as a younger Obi-Wan Kenobi was a pretty damn, did a pretty damn good job in those movies. Whether you liked them or not. Me, I enjoyed them for the story. The acting is atrocious. It's pretty bad. The effects still hold up, I think, in my opinion, for a, a more of like, like a campier action fantasy sci-fi world. They still hold up, in my opinion. But, you know, I mean, the story, at least it makes sense. At least it fits in with the the story of Star Wars and those characters, and like not like the sequels. So, I mean, I, I respect it for that. Again, the directing and the acting is atrocious, but that's just my opinion. They, they, they still count for me as Star Wars, unlike the sequels trilogy that have, you know, I've I verbally have said... I do not care about them anymore. I did when I was blinded by their hype and anticipation and excitement. But now, get that out of my face. Um, but this seems promising. This seems promising. Now, in a couple ways. One, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And two, the era and the time period in which this series takes place. It's taking place, place 10 years after... The, uh, the Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, you got Obi-Wan looking after Luke, which we've got that confirmed. I mean, we get a little bit of Obi-Wan just, like, kind of struggling to survive, I guess, because the Inquisitors from, if you don't know, from Rebels, they were introduced in Rebels, I think. And they're like these Jedi hunters that are, like, Sith knockoffs. They're not, like, fully Sith but they have red lightsabers, they dress in black, and they usually are very pale and evil-looking. So you can kind of like think that, oh, that's a Sith? Like, no, it's not. It's an Inquisitor. It's something different. You know, Star Wars nerds will be like all over you if you say, like, oh, that's a Sith. Um, but y yeah, and that, you know, it's interesting because it's like 
we also have gotten Obi-Wan in Rebels as well. Him as old Ben, essentially. Like It's like maybe a year or two before A New Hope begins. Maybe even a couple months. I'm not even really sure. But it, 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 we, we've seen him in that. And now we're going to get him live action again. You know, played by Ewan McGregor. And I'm just really excited. Like, the trailer did exactly what I wanted to. It was a tease. You know, you get some cool shots. You get some little plot points. Just a little bit. A little bit of what Obi-Wan was has been up to. And then you get a lot of, you know, cool... Like, you get a lot of tones and, and references and signals. that This is going to be pretty dark. What it seems like. It's going to be pretty dark. Maybe not necessarily going to be totally, you know for the children possibly not um more of a mature audience i think i you could um assume by the trailer but you know we'll just see how far how far they actually go when it actually comes out on may 25th um it's exciting i think it's 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 one of the the periods of time and the characters that we've been dying to see you know told like if there is even if there is even a story to be told there which i believe I believe that there is. So them finally acting on this and making it a six-part miniseries is very cool. It's very, very cool. Now, I don't know if they're going to be like an hour long every episode. I would assume that they would be because, I mean, that's just kind of like the, the, the format that we all expect in these streaming service streaming service drama shows to be at least an hour long. But, you know, they could pull 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you know, who knows? I mean, it, there's really no no way to tell. I mean, you, I mean, as a fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you would want as much Obi-Wan as you can possibly get. You know, but, I mean, I'm just saying, like, as excited as I am, I think we should be, um, I, I, I think that we need to be a little bit, uh, pump the brakes a bit. You know, after seeing Book of Boba Fett, for me, all right you know, cool enough, did its job, could have been a lot better. Um, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Just to dampen the expectations a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, not saying to be negative about it, just saying, hold on. I mean, I know who's behind it. I know it's been years in the making, you know, decisions about a movie, you know, McGregor signing on, him him, him basically being like a producer as well, him being excited I love that. I think it's great, but I still think that we should have a little bit of a expectations dampened just a little bit, just so we're not totally, you know, broke, heartbroken when it ends or if it's not very good. I it's but it's hard though. It's hard to, to tell that to Star Wars fans who are literally going to be taking this series. I'm not going to say this lightly, like the body and blood of Christ to their IP, to Star Wars, like to to Star Wars fans. You know, with with rumors or not rumors, but confirmation that Hayden Christensen is going to be back as Darth Vader and Ewan McGregor. This is their body and blood of Christ. I mean, like, it's already the expectations are so high, and I agree. Like, I'm excited and I'm a fan, but I'm just going to hold back my excitement a little bit more. I want to see more. Like, there, there's there, there's a lot in the trailer, but a lot more to be desired. I think, and I think in my case, for me to be you know, just kind of pump the brakes a bit just to, you know, come back to reality and not fully, um, you know, just not fully be sucked in 
and fully, you know, fanboy out, which I, you know, I've gotten close to, but I've been able to hold that back a little bit just to be on the safe side, just in case it, you know, whatever happens, you know, I, I just feel like with a project like this, the characters, the era, the people who who are being cast, like Ewan and Hayden, it's very easy to be to be overexcited. And for one little thing that you might have not not have wanted that to happen or not go your way, is gonna like detract from your overall please of the show. It's like gotta be just a little careful on this, in my opinion. Just. Just, just take it easy. We still got a more than two months away before it comes out. Just take it easy, real quick. And then when it gets closer and you see more, maybe you know you can start to judge it more. Like, oh, this is going to be the best thing I've ever seen, you know. But until then, just hold off on that. Um, you can now, if you have HBO or HBO Max, you can now stream. Or watch, whenever it's on, F9, The Fast Saga. Now, this movie, F9, starring Vin Diesel, and uh, Michelle Rodriguez, and Ludacris, and uh, Tyrese Gibson, um, you know, part of the Fast and Furious crew since, shoot, two, three, four, that crew. Um... I've been a fan of the Fast franchise for a while now. I think that up till, even up to 8, they've been pretty solid movies. Pretty good action, adventure, not adventure, but action movies. And they've been like, I, I mean, I think that Furious 7 is one of like the best action movies that have come out in the past decade. Truly do. Like, that, that movie, Fat Furious 7 to me, is my favorite Fast movie. It is so good. It's got a good plot, good characters, good new characters, good introduction of new things and new, uh, like, like I said, like new villains, new characters. It's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. I mean, and um, um, what's his name? Uh, Jason Statham and all those guys back in it. I mean, like, and it, it was it was the last, uh, the last one before uh, before Paul Walker died. And, uh, you know, their, their homage to them, him at the end, him not being dead in the universe, but him being dead in real life, you know, how, they, how they're going to handle that. And I thought it was a really, really, really good movie. Good action and, and everything. Like, that, that to me is peak fast. Then after that would be Fast Five and then um, uh, Fast and Furious Six. Those are like my top three. Then after that, maybe Fate of the Furious and then uh, Fast and Furious and then, and then one then two, and then Tokyo Drift, maybe my, my, I've never seen Tokyo Drift, but, um, so I can't really rank that, but then after that would be Fast and Furious, the Fast and the Furious, the first one, and then Too Fast, Too Furious, and then after that would be obviously uh, Tokyo Drift, which I've never seen. Um, but those are the highlights. Those are the good movies, I think. Even Fate of the Furious is, is okay. It's not terrible. It's definitely watchable. And it's enjoyable, too. Um, but F9, man. <laughs> I remember seeing the first trailer for F9. And I'm not going to spoil this, either, because I want to get my gang of friends to come watch it. And because I think that it will be so... It's such a it's such a hilarious watch. 
this movie, I was truly like on the verge of bursting into laughter, like more than a few times in this movie, just because of how how ridiculous this movie is. I mean, it is ridiculous. So back then, you could you could say that every action sequence, every big thing, every fight, is sort of justified. Is sort of justified, and you know every heist, everything is sort of like we have to do this because there's no other way. In this movie, the action, the fights, the drive driving sequences, the stunts, they they just happen. They kind of just happen. They don't really have that much story in the movie that's really believable enough to for those stuff things to happen in the movie. And there's just certain things that just happen, and you can't just help but honestly facepalm. Because now they, from for whatever reason, in, in F9, the story is so taken in the backseat of the movie... And it's just saying, like, these guys are the fast crew. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Just have them fight the entire movie. Have them drive in such ridiculous things and do ridiculous fights, and the audience will not care. Well, I'm sorry, director, writer, producer, executive. Um, that doesn't. That did not work for me. The entire movie, the movie is bad. It's so bad. It's... It's not unwatchable, but I mean, if you've been if you've been watching the Fast franchise up until now, there's no reason why you should stop now. I could understand if you were like, "What the hell is this?" Back in Fast Five or even Fast and Furious Four, back in 2010. But if you're this far, you I mean, like, you kind of gotta finish it, right? Like, I'm already this far deep. I was ready to watch this in theaters when the first trailer came out in January of 2020. I was amped up. I was ready. I was so excited. I was like telling my friends, like, we're going to go see this opening night and we're going to fucking laugh our asses off because it's so stupid and so ridiculous and, and just dumb in every every shape and, and form. Just so, so, so dumb. Now that I've seen it, and by the way, it's it's been out for, it's it's been, people have seen this for about almost a year by now. Like, I believe it came out last April or last May. I'm trying to remember, but I'm I'm not really sure. It came out in last uh, in 2021, like mid year around there, and I, I just I've been waiting for it, and I've been waiting like when is it going to be on streaming? Is it going to be on Peacock? Is it going to be on HBO Max? What's going to happen? And it finally came on HBO Max, man, and I was so so happy that I did not pay for a ticket because there are so many parts that are so stupid and it's just so blatantly dumb. That I was like, I would have walked out by now, I think. Or I, I knew, I would have known somebody that would have probably walked out in this particular point. And if they did not do that, I would have been I would have been shocked if they did not walk out. I mean, my God. It is so dumb. It is so corny. It is so campy. The one-liners, the one-liners, the jokes, the, the, uh, the Vin Diesel delivering lines. I mean, the plot points. The action is just okay, I think. Honestly, the action has been better in F- F- Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Fast Seven, even Fate of the Furious has been better. This action in this in this movie, this whole movie is just half-assed the entire time and is so bad. 
And I, I was just like, wow, they can't even get the action to look good. Or the effects to look at the, all that good. There are some effects where there's people involved in the effect. Or they want you to believe that there are people involved. But they don't even look like actual people. Like, it's just so, so, so bad CGI and bad effects. That's just like, the in the entire thing is just bad. But it's hilarious. It is so funny because me and my friends just have this running joke of the fast movies even existing, of what they do and how they've almost evolved from street racers and criminals and thieves to legit fucking superheroes. And in in this movie, that is on full-fledged. It is so insane. You thought back in Furious 7 when Vin Diesel stomped on a parking garage and that went down. You thought that was the worst it could get. No. This tops it. It actually tops it. And to go back to the trailers of Charlize Theron voiceovering to John Cena's character, like you wanted to be the better brother, you wish you were bigger than Dom, stronger than Dom, smarter than Dom, faster than Dom. Oh my God. Like what they've done to Dom. What they did to Dom in this movie. Vin Diesel loves it, by the way. You know he loves it. He loves being the the... The, the the leading star, the actor, he thinks that he thinks that these movies because they make so much money that he's such a good actor. <laughs> but he's not. He is so bad and he's even worse. His worst performance is in this movie. He is so terrible in this movie that it's like, dude, what happened? Like, what did this movie go through to get made and why is it so bad? Like truly, like I I, I, I do not know why it is as bad as it is, but I was, I, I wasn't expecting much, I remember the reviews when it first came out, uh, they weren't very good, they're pretty terrible, and I was just like, you know, this, this can't be that bad, it can't be that bad, I've seen them all, they're all pretty decent, this one right now stands at a 5.2 on IMDb, 5.2, and I want to see, I want to say, it might have like one of the lower it might have one of the one of the lower like um ratings and 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 a uh, number of ratings on IMDb because um F9 has 116 ratings on IMDb with a 5.2 rating overall score um Fate of the Furious had over 200 and some thousand that one uh, F9 had 116,000 um Furious 7 had uh, has 381 total um, ratings on IMDb with a 7.2 overall score, and um, Fast Five, which is my my second favorite one, um, three uh, 373 with a 7.3 373,000 uh, ratings with a 7.3 overall score. Audience wise, audience uh, the critics can go suck a suck off on this um but truly bad <laughs> bad movie not good um it's a shame because there's another one and after this i'm like please no more <laughs> i know it's not completed and i do want to see the 10th one because it would be even funnier i mean it has to be even funnier than the, than than f9 for me to actually go buy a ticket to see because 
I'm not going to wait after people have seen it, you know? I just, it, it's, it'd be, what, 2024 or 23 when it comes out? Like, I'm not going to sit around and wait to see it. Like, I mean, I just, I don't think that I could go that long and not see it. Um, <clears throat> but a bad movie. Bad, bad, bad movie. And I have to go pretty low on this. I think I'm going to go lower, lower than the IMDb overall score. I'm going to go 4.8 out of 10 for F9. I mean, again, it, it it's not good. It's truly not good. But if you have a gr- friend group that enjoys stupid shit, watching stupid movies, making stupid jokes during the movie, talking during... This is a talking during the movie movie. This is not a movie where you are invested in the characters and wanting to know what happens next. It's pretty predictable. Um, but this is a movie just to laugh at. This is not a movie to... <laughs> to, to. This is a movie for your family to laugh at. Actually laugh at because of how stupid it is. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I recommend you watching it, you know, totally to sit back and watch it and be enthralled, and be ready for a good a good show, a good film? No. Just watch it to see Vin Diesel glancing and looking at things in a stupid way, him delivering lines in a dumb, dumb, dumb way, dumb action, um, dumb plot holes, stupid ways they get out of trouble, and family preaching, oh my god. It is hilarious. It is so funny. So, it may get a low score. But I'd highly recommend you watch it just to laugh. Because I think with their ninth installment and their ninth entry in this franchise, we can only laugh now. The serious stuff has passed. Brian O'Connor's Paul Walker has passed. Now we're just left with... The Rock is no longer in these movies or no longer wants to be in these movies. Now we can just we can just watch now for laughs. So, if you want to laugh, I highly suggest you watch this movie. If you actually appreciate cinema and good filmmaking, do not watch it. But if you want to laugh with your friends or your family, maybe have a couple drinks when you watch it because it's, it's literally that stupid... You don't really got to pay attention. Then it's it'll be a fun night for you, your friends, or your family. Now I think I, now I think we can talk about the main course for today's show, the main event, which I've been I've been I've been simmering for nearly a week, almost a week now, simmering on it. And waiting to talk about it and make my opinion fully public of what I think about this. Um, and it's the Batman review. They're my my review of Matt Reeves's The Batman. The newest installment in Batman. The newest int- entry into Batman. The newest person to play Batman. The newest Bat Suit, the newest Bat Things, the newest Catwoman, the newest Batman, the newest Alfred, the newest um, Gordon, the newest everything, the newest Penguin, the newest Carmine Falcone, um, 
the newest everything. Um, so the Batman. Um, saw this movie in a theater packed with people, ready to go. And I was actually, for the, before I actually get into the movie, um, they actually started playing the, the trailers before the slotted time spot of the movie was, you know, technically supposed to start. Because, you know, when it hits, like, the time of the movie, they start playing trailers. They were playing those before I even got into the theater. And I was actually ashamed. Because the movie started right at 9. And it's close to a three-hour mark movie, so it's like, I mean, I, I understand why, because I wanted to get people in and out as quickly as possible so more people could see it as as much as people could see it as possible so that was a bit of a ding there was a hiccup in the movie too like right at this uh, particular spot in the movie the screen went black and the theater <clears throat> the theater lit up and then it was there was just no movie and it was almost like if the theater or the movie caused caused the, the entire theater to reboot or something. It was so weird. And one of my friends was telling me that another friend of his, that that same thing happened. He said that, that that happened before we went into the movie, and then that shit happened in our theater. I was like, oh my god, this this can't be, this can't be true. So if, if you've had that happen to you in your showing of the Batman, you are not alone. You are not alone. But anyways, back to the movie itself. I thought the movie was alright. I thought it was alright. Um, I think what really dinged it for me is is just like how slow it was or how slow it felt. The movie is nearly three hours long, which me seeing that for the first time, I was so excited because... Like I said, I've been clamoring and wanting longer form, longer movies, a longer format. I'm sick and tired of the two-hour-long movie that just has is so predictable, and things just seem to go the certain way every time in every big budget movie that's only like two hours, two twenty, two fifteen, maybe. I wanted to see something longer. Now this movie is clocked, I believe, according to. IMDB, um, let me bring it up right now, if you go into imdb.com right now, you type in the Batman, you get 2 hours and 56 minutes of runtime. and I will tell you this right now, it feels like that, it feels like that, for me it did, I mean, the way this movie was pitched to be a film noir type of movie, it being very dark, you know, darkly lit um detective movie about batman i was like yeah i'm in i'm definitely in i don't i i, I, I don't care about the length of a movie as long as it doesn't feel long i'm good like i said it did feel long there's a lot of times in this movie where they just linger on shots and linger on events and, and points in the movie and just people talk very slowly sometimes and things get done in a very slowly fashion. Very, very slowly. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, I'm really feeling this. Like, I'm really, really feeling like this is kind of a drag. Like, am I the only one feeling this? Like, is this, is this just me? 
Does do people like this? Am I in the minority? I truly like, and this is like within like the first ten minutes of the movie. I'm like, oh shoot, this is this is slow. Like, there's not a lot happening. You know, I'm saying like, I and I'm not saying like I I enjoy. Yeah, I just enjoy fast movies. No, I'm not saying that. I just feel like with this movie, the what they were showing and what they were trying to tell and how it was told did not need to be as slow as it was for it to get the point across that this is a detective detective style movie and like a film noir movie did not need that. I thought that that was I think you can easily cut 20 minutes of this movie that is just basically dead dead footage of just stuff happening just nothing really happening like truly and you'd lose no effect of what the movie gives you truly i truly think that um and i would love to say that it's just for certain parts of the movie but it feels like that the entire movie like it just everything is just so slow and and like move slow it's shot very well which is a great thing but it just feels like the story just needs to move along and we get it we are we understand what's happening i understand everything that was happening but i'm like bro i mean like just move on let's go come on there's a lot more that's got to be done i mean we got three hours here and we've seen barely anything really like move along move along like it just felt super super slow and I just thought that that was just kind of, you know, not very entertaining, I would say, in my opinion. And the fact that it was also a detective movie, I thought that with, like, you know, detective movies, crime-solving movies, I, I, I typically, you know, go back and forth with them. I do like how they interwind stories and plots like that with having, like, the Riddler, adding things like the Penguin, and then Carmine Falcone and Catwoman and stuff like that and her story I thought that was really cool and and fun but I didn't really get a whole lot of moments where I'm like oh shit like oh oh that's it it, it all and, or like if you did it's not like in a very entertaining way in which you know people can go back and forth on that people will say I like that slow burn of the movie it being like that and not being so like um, like a, like a, you know, like a, uh, like a, I don't know, like they like that. They like soaking that all in and soaking in Batman and Gordon, who I think are very good in the movie, Batman and Gordon, maybe Gordon a little bit more than Batman in my opinion, um, working together. I think that's very cool that they did that. I just feel like other movies that solve crimes or do detective work, do it more in in a better and entertaining fashion, I think. Like more a little bit more snappier, a little bit more um um clever in story, and um a little bit more rewarding. I would I would assume. Um, I just feel like in this movie it's so slow that it it really does take away from the entertainment effect, especially if like you're a general audience member like me who just watches movie, movie Batmans, you know, that, that's probably what you're going to hear a lot of people say. If you're talking to somebody who loves Batman and, like, loves his his detective work and all that, which I thought was done okay, okay, you know, 
But, you know, there's a point in the movie where it kind of detaches from that and goes does another thing. And and, and uh, that also takes a while to figure out as well. And it's also very slow. And it ultimately just doesn't, like, really... Like, it doesn't really... I don't know, I guess, like, fulfill much of what I thought about that character, in a way. It's just kind of... It's not very rewarding, I would say. And this is a superhero movie, right? Like, the superhero is, like who you're rooting for but it's like I'm not really feeling all that rewarded as if I need to be rewarded but I'm like shoot man I I just you know maybe I want a little bit more of that maybe a little bit more uh, um, not rewarding but um, I guess satisfying if, if that's a better word to say um, I thought the villain for the most part the Riddler is played by Paul Dano is actually kind of laughable in most of his appearances he he he's pulling off this serial killer vibe but he's just he's got this get up on like this rubber mask on and he's got glasses on the outside of his mask and um <clears throat> i don't know what it was but it didn't really settle with me like that he was being serious it was just like and he, you know it's like i just did not really get a sense of fear from paul dano's riddler you know, up until a certain point, then I'm like, oh, okay, there he is. That's what I wanted to see. But it took like this long to get there. And I'm like, for the most part, you're, he's kind of, he's very, like I said, he's, he's, he's kind of laughable. I'll be honest. Like there's, there's parts where he's like, he's trying to be menacing and doing this laughing thing. And he's like, I'm just like, what the, f- what the hell's going on here? Like people actually think that this is menacing or something like it just did not work for me. And um, <coughs> um, to the Batman part, um, Robert Pattinson is Batman, the new Batman. Um, I thought I thought that he was a decent Batman. Definitely not my favorite at all. Um, I I, I did not care for his his emo-y, and that's because a lot of people are saying that. His emo-y personality, his emo thing, I truly did not care about it. I didn't like, it doesn't make me hate the movie. I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. I, I, I just, I don't care. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm like, get him off. Let's get to Batman. Even though he's still emo, it kind of fits because he's got to be like that. Because he's got to be menacing. He's got to be fearful. The one thing I will say... The positives, because there's a lot of positives in this movie, too. The beginning of the movie opens up, and I immediately feel like the bad people, the criminals, the crooks, the villains, all have a genuine fear for Batman. And I actually really dug that. I thought that when the movie opens, and you see all that happen, and like Matt Reeves capturing how everybody who's a bad guy in Gotham is feared, is afraid of Batman. I love that. I thought that, thought that it was so, so good. So good. Um, I also really liked the Gotham in this in this movie. It was like a mixture between like, um, like, it was like, 
almost like they combined the Gotham from um whatchamacallit? The Dark Knight and like the the Snyder verse Gotham. And gave it like a little bit more of a Batman Arkham Games twist. It looked a lot like Arkham Knight, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum Bat or Gotham. And I was like, that's really, really cool. Like Gotham as a city and the fact that they're doing like a penguin TV show in Gotham, dude, I'm all in. I'm all in. Penguin played by Colin Farrell. He was, to me, the best part of the movie. Like I, I remember Colin Farrell's performance in that role and his his comedicness, his comedy, but also his like menacingness and his his um you can like feel that he was in charge of something you know obviously his 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 men and that he was a mob boss and all that and you kind of just felt like oh that that totally fits him with this Gotham here like his personality and the way he looks and the character that fits this whole vibe of this Gotham and I'm just like oh I love this he, he like this like he fits so well as that Gotham's and and this Batman universe's penguin perfection like perfect and i'm like i want more of this i want more of gotham i want more of penguin not necessarily the new batman but maybe more of catwoman i think i actually thought that she was very good as catwoman zoe kravitz um even though it's not really the movie isn't really about isn't titled catwoman at some parts it kind of feels like it could be like it feels at some parts in the movie it's like oh this is more of a Catwoman movie than it is a Batman movie um I thought that the John Tudoro John Tatero I'm trying to pronounce his name correctly what is it? it it is hold on let me find it real quick the man who played Carmine Falcone in this movie also did a phenomenal job of just kind of embracing that role of an of a mob boss and you know a higher up like a made man in that universe i thought that i thought it was just so well done and that he fit that universe so well um he's not showing up on this cast list hold on um john tudoro john tudoro as carmine falcone if you don't know him he was in the big lebowski and he's also agent simmons in the transformers films by michael bay so he's great in that role, along with Colin Farrell. Parts of um, Paul Dano's good. Parts of him is good. For the most part, I think he's pretty laughable, which is sad. It's very sad. And um, Andy Serkis as Alfred is okay, but he's not really in the movie all that much. And he has a pretty important part in the story. But I'll be honest with you, I don't get that much out of it because... He's not really in the movie all that much. Maybe if they spent a little bit more time with uh, Bruce and Alfred, it would have landed better, I think. But they never really do that, so they, they don't really have that much screen time together, or even just Alfred screen time, if that. So for me, that part of the movie didn't really pay off all that well. Um, Jeffrey Wright is a good, great Gordon, I think. He's a very, like, grounded Gordon, uh, a very angry Gordon, a very, like, you can tell this guy 
has a lot of stress about his job in in this version of Gotham. Like this ver this this Gordon fits this Gotham so well, and they nailed it. They they nailed it. Like 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 um Gary Oldman's fit that Gotham. Uh, Jeffrey Wright's Gordon fits this Gotham like to the T. Um. Um. What what else? What else? But without spoiling, because I, I don't want to spoil it for people. Um. The action sequences are very well done. I think the choreography is pretty good. The Batmobile chase scene, which you've all seen in in the trailers, um, is fantastic. It is it is like riveting, how good it is, and it's like one of the one of the better parts because the the entire movie is just kind of like lull and slow for me, like I've said, and this one is like oh yeah, there we go, energizing up a bit. It's it's shot so well. The Batmobile is is all right for me. More of a tumbler guy, but it was a great chase scene. It was a great chase. It was awesome, and his like the music overall too. The music in this, in this movie, and the sound mixing and the sound editing, is also phenomenal. It just fits everything what Reeves' vision of Gotham is, which I've which I've already said that I loved, and that music really just elevates it and makes you feel like you're actually in that in that Gotham, and it's amazing, I love it, um, and then, and the, those were my positives, the, the opening, um, the characters I liked, um, Catwoman, Gordon, um, Penguin, Carmine Falcone, <clears throat> um, and, um, Gotham itself, the car chase, and I think that the ending, for me is kind of like it's 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 very much like I feel like it's been done before many many times in comic book movies and it just kind of like you know it, it it did not impress me not not that not that I was like impressed the entire movie I mean I think it's a very it's a well-made movie it doesn't do anything different it really it doesn't besides like the the like the te- the detective things and like the Riddler's riddles, it's it doesn't really do much, a whole lot different. Um, in terms of like other movies that you've seen before, you know, it just it just really doesn't really push the envelope, I think, as much as it could have, or as much as, you know, they wanted it to. But um, and the ending for me is just very predictable, kind of lame. Um, the fact that th- that's how this movie ends, knowing how it was going, and then the middle part happens, and then it get kind of gets back on track, and it gets more like uh, I'll give it this: the mystery, and then the 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 detective work really gets really good at the end. Truly, it does. It's hit or miss for me in the be- in the beginning, in the middle. But once they're getting closer and closer, it's like, all right, we're getting somewhere. And then there's a really great scene with Paul Dano and Robert Pattinson. And it's done very, very well. Very well. Um, again, it just, it's very slow. It's long and it feels that long. And honestly, for me, I, I wouldn't watch it again. 
like I, I I don't think that I would want to watch it again. I would want to watch watch the moments of that movie, but I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm willing to like it doesn't like the movie doesn't call me back to go sit down and watch that movie for three hours again. It just it it, it doesn't, which is a shame. Believe me, I was I wanted to love it. I truly did. I was excited. I was ready. I was like, I'm ready to see this movie. I I can't say that I'm I would enjoy going back to watch it again. Uh, maybe one more time, because I think that our theater that we saw it in also was like just like darker for some reason. Because I went back and like watched like trailers and other clips of the movie that were released, and they did not look at all as dark as they were in our theater. And I even asked my friends, like, dude, was that darker? And I think we all kind of, like, agreed, like, yeah, it was actually darker than what it looked like. Because there's some parts where, like, you can't see jack shit. And I looked up that same scene in the trailer. I'm like, I can can perfectly see it in this trailer. Now, I don't know if it's because of the theater not being up to date or something. I'm not sure. But I would definitely recommend, if you're going to go see this, try it in IMAX. We did not see this in IMAX because I was told that it would not be worthy of IMAX. Completely disagreed with that person. Completely disagreed. He shall remain unnamed, but that person knows that they were wrong. And I had to reaffirm that, that they were wrong. So overall, the Batman, reviewed by me, yours truly, will receive a 7.4 out of 10. Again, did not like it as much as I thought that I would. A lot of things it does cool. It's got great moments. But I think that the Batman character overall is not strong enough to propel this movie without the supporting cast of Gordon, Catwoman, um, Penguin, and Carmine Falcone. If those characters are not in it, I don't think that this movie truly delivers. Truly, I don't. Um, I think that Carmine Falcone and the Penguin are standout characters. I think that Gordon is a standout character. I do not think that Robert Pattinson's Batman did all that much for me. Truly don't. And that's, again, I'm, I am a non-comic book reading viewer. Other people I've heard saying that he's the best Batman you've ever seen. That's totally fine. Um, he might be the best adapted by a source material. I just thought it that he didn't do too much that really wanted me to keep seeing him as Batman. That's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, there you have it, the Batman review. And last but not least, before I uh, before I sign off here, a little bit of NFL news. Been pretty wild these past couple days with this um, re-signing of Aaron Rodgers to the Green Bay Packers. After a year of him, who after a year of not being certain of him wanting to stay, this guy signs a four-year deal worth a two hundred million dollars with a hundred and fifty-three guaranteed. So you can tell, you can see, money always wins. You might feel some way about the franchise, another way about the players. But at the end of the day, the money always wins. And that just shows 
that they're probably not going to get good players around Aaron Rodgers, but they the Packers just want him because he's Aaron Rodgers. And he's he wins regular season games and does nothing in the playoffs, and they're okay with that for the next four years. That's completely fine. That's their choice. That's their opinion. People who love him, that's their choice. That's their opinion. I'm just pretty much saying, as an outsider looking in, I don't really see that much value in this re-signing. He's only going to get older, less mobile, less accurate. So, And I don't know if they're going to sign new players, what their draft is like. They keep making the playoffs and not doing well. So it's like, I mean, regular seasons are good, but you're not going to get many draft players. Aaron Rodgers is getting old. Devontae Adams is getting old. Aaron Jones is going to get older. So it's like, what's going to happen? I just feel like he's being a little selfish in this signing. Um, but at the end of the day, money wins. Um, Russell Wilson went to the Denver Broncos in exchange for Drew Locke to the Seattle Seahawks. Is Are the Broncos a quarterback away from being good, for being great? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but certainly Russell Wilson does bring excitement. He does bring... Um, a lot of good, cool things, a lot of cool possibilities. And along with him comes Ciara and Jesus Christ. So you can be damn sure that they're going to be praying a whole lot in Denver this season. Um, and last but not least, the Carson, uh, the, the Washington Commanders sign Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback. <coughs> and in return... The Colts get two third-round picks. So, I mean, like, obviously Carson Wentz and what everybody was saying about that perfect marriage between Wentz and Reich in the Indianapolis Colts was golden, and it's a match made in heaven really just a year long, surprisingly, to some others like me who see how bad he is and can't believe how bad he played, especially in that game where they had to win against the Jaguars and lost in an ugly, ugly fashion. Um, but, um, you know, that's just... That tells you a lot about the NFL. They see something that's not going to work out, that doesn't have longevity, that's not going to last long. They will be quick to... Cut that out. Some franchises, like the Indianapolis Colts, actually do that. Others, who see problems like, oh, I don't know, Dwayne Haskins, or other teams' situations that just don't pan out, and they want to keep it going because they believe that, you know, with enough, if they stick to it, it's going to work out, it's going to magically happen. It's all going to be good. Well, turns out, Probably not the case. So I do give the Colts props for finding the problem and immediately getting rid of it in Carson Wentz. And to the Washington Commanders, who are now getting Wentz, that man now has to play the Eagles twice in a year. And I believe in the next season, he will be going to Indianapolis to face the Colts. So... I don't know if we're going to be getting a uh, 
I don't know what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. I thought that Indianapolis was a good fit. Like, you know, at the beginning, it would have been a good fit. Him and Frank Reich, that offense, Jonathan Taylor. Look, man, that was last year. This was this. This is this year. They don't want to do that again. It's crazy because if you watch the um, Hard Knocks midseason, you would have thought that these guys would have been together for at least another couple years. You know, that was just a bad year. We had good moments. We shit the bed at the end. We'll give you another shot or two. Clearly not the case. It's a business, people. It's a business. And if the, you know, if the boss doesn't see enough progress or something that's not working and he's identified that problem, he's going to extinguish that problem as quick as possible. You know, it's just he felt that Indianapolis was going to be his home that he was ready to live there with his family. Now he's got to go to Washington. Now he's got to go to the Commanders with Ron Rivera and T- Taylor Heineke. Does he does he lose his job? What happens there? Does he? <laughs> It'd be funny if Taylor Heineke actually beat out Carson Wentz to be the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders. I that would kill me. Um, that'd be quite the scene. But uh, yeah, that's it. Cup just a few few news things about the NFL um, to end the end the podcast and the show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Again, you, if you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. It drops every Thursday morning. Make sure you click it, tap it, subscribe, listen, rate, review, do all that good stuff. Leave a comment. DM me a topic if you want to on my social media. It's in the description of the podcast on every platform it should be there um but yeah thank you for listening and thank you for watching means a lot to me um and i will see you guys back next week